Hi, I'm Nikki Schrera, and you're listening to The Jazz Session, the original jazz interview podcast. This is episode 590 for the 9th of March 2022. Alto saxophonist Will Vinson hails from England, but established a great many of his musical collaborations while living in New York. These working relationships with musicians like Aaron Parks, Kurt Rosenwinkel and Ari Hoenig have resulted in Will's reputation as a saxophonist with incredible power and dramatic sensitivity, whose playing is characterised by his imposing sound and technique. More than that, he's also just a really great person and good fun to hang out with. Will's recording output has also been prolific. In fact, we met over Zoom while Will was in Australia, time difference be damned, to discuss two of his recent albums. Both released in 2020, there was 441, which features Will with five incredible pianists, Sullivan Fortner, Fred Hirsch, Tigran Hamasian, Gerald Clayton, and Gonzalo Rubalcaba, and Trio Grand, which features his trio with guitarist Gilad Hexelman and drummer Antonio Sanchez. Since our conversation, Will has released another album. It came out in 2021, and it's called Solo, his third release for the London-based Whirlwind Recordings label. While we didn't get to discuss solo, there was ample musical ground to cover. Here is our conversation. Welcome to the jazz session. Hi, Nikki. Good to be with you. Oh, so good to have you here. And because this is your first time on the show, we have a lot of ground to cover. If you say so. Yeah, you've been prolific. It is fact. Um, releasing not one, but two albums almost within a year of each other. That's accurate. Um, three, actually. What is the third one? Well, the third one, it's, it's, uh, you, you can be forgiven for missing the third one because it was, uh, it's, uh, it's on a, a label called Nouvelle. You probably know about Nouvelle. Yeah, so it's a, Nouvelle is a, is a vinyl-only, subscription-only label. Um, and uh, I did a record for them with the Owl Trio with uh, 
uh, Orlando and the Fleming, Logan Lund, and Kurt Elling as a as a guest. And that so that came out to subscribers, and uh, in I guess in another like year and a half, it'll be out to it'll be available to the public. When did it come out to subscribers this year? Yeah, uh, well, twenty twenty. So I think maybe September or something. Yeah. Gosh, so you had you had two albums in twenty twenty and and one in twenty nineteen. Uh, no, two albums, three albums in twenty twenty. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, that's the one thing about the uh, that's the one thing that I entered the pandemic prepared for. You know, <laughs> it's like I, I I don't need to I don't need to worry about not being able to record because I've got these things that need to come out. So. Well, I mean, it's a it's a treat for all of us stuck at home that they came out in swift succession and at risk of missing out on an album, as I already have, by stating grandly, there were two of them and leaving out the third. Uh, we should go one at a time, perhaps. So let's start by chatting about 441, which came out on Whirlwind, mm -hmm. your first for Whirlwind. That's right. Yeah. In uh, January, January 2020. Well, a fascinating and a wonderful concept. Do you want to tell them what the concept is? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I I almost feel um, uh, it almost feels like too, too aggrandizing to even call it a concept. But but I suppose I suppose it is. Essentially, I you know I'm so I'm, I I love the piano and I'm sort of a like a kind of um, uh, frustrated pianist myself. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's just such a wealth of incredible, uh, people playing the piano these days. Um, and I, I, I wanted to do a, a record that was centered around the piano and I couldn't decide who to do it with. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just go nuts and, you know, pick five of my favorite pianists, um, and record, uh, you know, a quartet, uh, tune and a duo tune with, with each of them and put them all on the same album and hope that it works and it, i mean it's a it's definitely like a it's a dense album it's it's long um there's a lot of music on it obviously you don't have to listen to all of it at the same uh, in one go but um you know there's a there's a lot of stuff in there but it's you, you know it, 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 it enabled me to capture what i wanted from these five incredible musicians and then and the and then the associated rhythm sections so that's the concept well, I, I, it's definitely a concept. And I know that because I've only ever done it with three pianists. Mm -hmm. And while it was wonderful, it also, it, it took a lot of organization and kind of having you mentally on your game because you're shifting and changing both in terms of which repertoires for which pianist. Yeah. And also in terms of these are pianists that you really love. You love the way they play. And so you want to be in the right headspace to receive what you know they're all so good at kind of bringing to the table. Yeah. So we should mention who the pianists were. It was Sullivan Fortner, Tigran Hamassian, Gerald Clayton, Fred Hirsch, and someone who is a longtime collaborator of yours, Gonzalo Rubacalba. Am I saying that correctly? Rubacalba, yeah. Rubacalba, yeah. Really so, <laughs> so not very famous and not very successful pianists, but no doubt. This album will. You go to war with the army you had. <laughs> exactly. Uh, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. Now tell me something negative about each of them. No, I'm kidding. Well, I'll tell you, uh, no, I'll tell you something negative about all of them, uh, which is that, uh, as, you, as you mentioned before, like logistics when you're doing something like this is just, you know, they're all 
they're all like you know five of the most five of the busiest and most um fated and in demand uh, musicians so it took two years to to to, to track this record and what was the approach in terms of rehearsals no rehearsals yeah so that sort of evolved i began with um so the first session uh i got um i did fred and gerald in the same day um and i just i was like okay so the point of this thing is that i want i want it to feel almost as much like it's the pianist record as it is mine i want to you know i'm like a I, it's it's almost like I'm a it's my record but it's almost like I'm a sort of I'm stepping into their world although we are playing mostly my music so I wanted it to be I, I didn't want them to have to have their heads buried in charts or, or whatever. so I did with Fred and, and, and Gerald I did just a short rehearsal with each of them just with them and then the rhythm section stuff was all just at the session and then in the end um, for the remaining three, partly out of logistical, for logistical reasons, and also partly because I just felt this would be, uh, you know, like a, a bit of a gamble, but, you know, possibly much fresher. Um, I we, there was no rehearsal. We, ju we, we just met at the session and, and, and took it from there. Um, and I, you know, so the, the, the idea that I had was that I had to keep the material, you know, not to involved but unfortunately that's something that i always fail at <laughs> so you know so there, so there was there was some hard, there was some hard music and there was some rehearsal that was taking place at one or two of the sessions but um you know i think uh, i think it paid off in terms of just the, the freshness and the, you know that some of it's sort of rough around the edges but that's like that's where the beauty lies for me um especially when you're dealing with people like this who even if even you know when they're in what for other people might be um, difficult circumstances, like playing music they're not familiar with, they, it's that's just no, no issue. It's just like, you know, something else comes out. And I like to be, you know, my, for me, like as a musician, the, the best case scenario, um, well, actually the worst case scenario is that I just, is that musicians just play what I'm hearing in my head. Um, you know, which, which is fine, like there's nothing wrong with that. But, but when they come and uh, when they show up and, and take what I've done and then give me something that I'd never imagined before, then that's the exciting part. And that's what happened. With that's so exciting. Guys. And I, I think really tremendous to pull it off because it kind of ends up being the equivalent of if you were doing a large ensemble recording because you do have vast numbers of players suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not just a, it's not just a rhythm section or I mean, we'll move on to, you know, it's not a trio, we'll move on to trio yeah. ground as well. Um, and in fact, you mentioned in, in the press release that actually you mentioned that I think something very spontaneous happened with Milestones and Sullivan just. Oh, yeah. Jumping <laughs> yeah, there's, in. There's an extra track. There's a bonus track on the record. Um, like we finished doing, we finished playing um, uh, Boogaloo, which is a, a tune of mine, which is the first track on the album. And then I just, uh, out of nowhere, I just started playing the intro to, to Milestones. And I saw Sullivan's ears prick up. And then he just, um, you know, he kind of, he, he stumbles into it in this amazing way where he's like, you can tell he's, you know, obviously he knows the tune, but he's trying to remember like what key it's in and, and what happens at the end of the intro and, and that kind of thing. And it just, it's, I mean, that's the kind of that sort of ma magic that I'm talking about, you know, like he's, He's he's unprepared on a micro level, but like on a macro level, he's the most prepared musician you could ever hope to work with. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was that was fun. Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, that that really does seem like Sullivan. It's interesting you mentioned um, Boogaloo because the tunes that you wrote for or picked for the pianists, even if you don't know anything about them as people, as a listener, you really get a strong sense of their personalities in each of them. So kudos to you, Will, because that's beautiful writing, you know, beautiful and, and effective writing. Um, and I mean, I really felt that with Boogaloo because it's the opening track. So yeah. Sullivan, it's elegant, but it's playful. It's just so him. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I was really, really happy with that. And a little bit of, you know, some things came out that maybe I wouldn't have imagined, you know, there's like a little bit of church in there, you know, and there's, there's, uh, there's all kinds of stuff. But yeah, the way he played that tune was just stunning. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's well. I'm 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 really glad that you that you felt that way when you when you listened to it. Yeah. Thank you. Another example I, I made a note was um, Oasis, which was Tigran plays on that. And the, the intro, I mean, it's it's so him, it's so lovely. And then it goes somewhere that is different because you're playing on the tune. That was a really interesting session with, with Billy Hart. That's actually the only time I played with Billy Hart. Um, and it's the only time that either Matt or Tigran had played with Billy Hart too. And I don't, I don't think uh, Tigran and Billy had even met. Um, and that was, that was a real sort of, uh, I don't want to say Hail Mary, but that was like a real sort of, you know, like just sort of throwing in special sauce from, you know, all, all sorts of bottles and seeing what, what came out. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, we, that was like, that was, I think that was pretty much one take. And it was like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> That's, we're done. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really, that was a great experience. Tigran is something else. But see, that's the lovely thing probably about having five pianists is that you have the opportunity five times over to possibly entertain those moments, which obviously are, you know, what we kind of strive for yeah. as, uh, as musicians. A lot of them are peers of yours and people that you, you knew and had played with, whether briefly or in some sort of passing iteration. When it comes to somebody like Fred, who, who is so lovely and warm, so by no means does he walk around like, Oz, was there any intimidation or did you find a way to get rid of it if that existed? Fred can be intimidating, um, but, uh, you know, so he's unusual uh, in, in, uh, in terms of my relationships with, with jazz musicians in New York. 
because most people I get to know through playing with them, right? You know, I'm friends with most of the jazz musicians that I'm friends with because we've played together and then we hang out and then whatever. So Fred is a little bit different because um, I, although I do know him through music, I mean, it, it's sort of mostly a one-sided connection. You know, I, I know him as a, as a fan. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm a fan. And uh, uh, although I did have one um, musical encounter with him like 10 years ago when Colin Stranahan was playing uh, with a trio that was led by him but had Fred in it at Smalls and he invited me to sit in and Fred called the tune Work, um, the Monk tune, which we, we play on this record. And I was like, yeah, I know that tune. And then we, <laughs> I, I just like spectacularly fell on my face in that, uh, in that uh, moment. Like I, I sort of redeemed myself in the blowing by completely messed up the head. He played it at a much faster tempo than I was um, imagining it. And it was a, just a major embarrassment. It was the first time I ever played with Fred and, and the last for quite a long time. So I really wanted to play that tune. But uh, what I was going to say was my connection with Fred is actually as a friend because he's, he's a really close friend of my wife's. And, um, and so we, you know, we, we had hung out and like, uh, you know, had dinner together uh, um, many, many times before we even started playing music. So, um, so the intimidation level was sort of mitigated by that, you know, um, but uh, yeah, recording with him is, is a serious experience for sure. That's wonderful. And now, no doubt, he is a fan of yours. Now that you've redeemed yourself on the same tune. Uh, that, I, that, that I couldn't possibly comment on. Well, actually, I have a quote from Fred here. I find, No, I'm just kidding. He said, Will who? No. <laughs> well, I think it's a tremendous record. I hope you feel very glad for it and, and chuffed with, with the results. I do. Good word. Yeah, I, I do. Um, <clears throat> you know, funnily enough, I haven't really thought about that record for a while because it came out over a year ago. And then, of course, um, I, I mean, I could say that thanks to the pandemic, I didn't do any touring with it. But actually, thanks to the concept, I didn't do any touring with it because you can't really take five pianists on the road and just have them play two tunes each every night. So um, so that was never going to be something that was, uh, you know, like a, a live um, you know, incarnation. So it's just, that's a record that will only ever be a record. And, um, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's like, it captures a moment. And of course I started recording it nearly four years ago. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's sort of a, what's the word? It's not a snapshot. It's like, well, it's a series of snapshots over, over a long period.
Hello, a quick note from me, Nikki, to tell you how you can best support the jazz session if that's something that tickles your fancy. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of listeners who are so enthused by these conversations that they head over to Patreon to join the Jazz Session's Patreon page. They become patrons. If you go to thejazzsession.com slash join, that's thejazzsession.com slash join, it will link you to the Patreon page and you'll be able to find out more about how you can become a member for as little as $5 per month today. So please do head over to that link if that sounds interesting and enticing to you. There are all sorts of perks to be had and there are only two tiers of membership, $5 a month or $10 a month take your pick. The other way that you can support the podcast is by rating or reviewing the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This takes a matter of seconds rating it to be specific and it helps with the podcast's visibility on web pages, in searches. It helps other folks who might be interested in these conversations find the podcast. Really important and invaluable in the world of podcasting. The other way you can support this show is by tweeting, Facebooking or Instagramming about the show at large or about specific episodes that you know you really enjoy so please do feel free to give the show a shout out and if you tag the jazz session on any of those social media platforms I'll be sure to repost your wonderful praise and gladly so so thank you for listening and for any support that you may show the podcast now or in the near future now back to my conversation with Will. Luckily, your album Trio Grand with Gilad Hexelman and Antonio Sanchez is very different to 441. So I didn't have any issue listening to both albums back to back and not knowing where the one ended and the other one began. <laughs> um, yeah, Trio Grand, it's a completely different vibe. Um, probably, I don't know if you'd say this, but probably thanks mostly at the instrumentation the inclusion of Gilad's guitar, which is such a distinctive sound, and also the way that he uses it. It's fantastic because it's a different side to you, a different side to your writing, and also lovely to hear you playing on Gilad and Antonio's tunes. Do you want to tell people about how that trio came to be? And when you mentioned Cornelia Street Cafe, we'll have a moment of silence. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, well, that was, a, that, was, that was, this is an accidental band. I was, at uh, Cornelia Street Cafe, moment of silence, please. And um, I went to go and see Gilad. Uh, so Gilad was doing like a weekend of trios. I think he, was, he did like three nights and he had two trios um, each night, which is a really cool uh, concept for you. And um, one night he was playing, one set he was playing with Antonio and Becca Stevens. And he and Antonio had never played together and I think I think maybe none of them had ever played with each other. So, so that was a fresh experience for them and for the, for the listeners. And they just called tunes and Gilad invited me to sit in. So we played a tune. I don't remember what we played. Um, uh, and it was great. And I, you know, I was honestly like going in, I was wondering what it was going to sound like, whether it was going to work. And then maybe Gilad was too. Um, but it was really cool. Like everyone was just, you know, was just wide open and, and, um, you know, with no bass, like you really have to be listening in a different way. Um, and Becca sounded wonderful too. Um, but then the next day, Jerry Teakins from Crisscross, Moment of Silence, called. Um, and he said, 
I'm coming to New York like next month or something. Jerry was always very late notice, but this was, I think there must've been a cancellation or something. Um, he said, you know, do you want to do a record? And I just said yes, because I'm pathologically incapable of saying no. But I, I didn't want to do anything um, that featured piano because I was, you know, I was halfway through this other project. Um, and I just thought, well, why don't I just get, why don't I get Antonio Gilad and I'll be Becca. Um, and uh, um, I thought about, I actually thought about um, getting all three of them, asking all three of them to do it, but um, there are sort of aesthetic issues there with the label. Um, but um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I had that sound in my head from literally the night before and I called them, they were both around. And so we did a crisscross record called It's All Right with Three um, in 2017. And uh that came out and then um and i thought well actually this could be a band that could actually tour and it would be really fun because um you know i mean it's because it was really fun playing with those guys and it's you know some everyone's got a everyone's got their own name and carries their own sort of uh, thing there um but it just, it was just impossible to schedule anything you know for obvious reasons um and then in the end um I, you know i tried again at one point i was like guys, what do you think? Can we do something? And Antonio said, you know what? I'd feel much more comfortable about this band if it was a collaborative thing rather than, you know, a, um, uh, you know, somebody's band as a leader. And I just immediately thought, well, that's perfect because a band like this is going to be much more interesting if there's, if there's equal sort of aesthetic, uh, you know, writing input from, from everybody. Um, and I wasn't exactly sure how to carry it myself. Like on the on the on the on the first record, and it's all right with three. We pretty much did what they did that night at Cornelia Street. I pretty much called tunes, brought a couple of originals, and that's a that's that's uh, the way that a lot of people approach crisscross records because they're short notice, and it's just like you can take advantage of the fact that you don't have the time to agonize over stuff. You just play, and that gives you a, a different aesthetic, right? Um, uh, but then, um, then I thought, well, yeah, I, I don't really feel the need to do another record like that. So with this band, so let's do something else. And um, and then we pretty much immediately just set up a session, and we all brought in some music. We did a short rehearsal, and it was, you know, almost as spontaneous as the first one, but just with a bit more kind of concept behind it coming from each person. And um, yeah, so we recorded that in April 2019. So yeah, there were all these things were like teed up for as if preparing for a pandemic. Did you get to tour or, well, you haven't yet? We haven't yet. So the record only came out in November, 2020. Okay. Um, and we are, yeah, we're, we're, we're working on, we're working on that. Well, that's lovely. Cause that'll be such a lovely group to go on the road with. And also to have that sort of closure and joy of celebrating the record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah.
Well, when the Nouvelle album is out to the public, you'll have to yeah. come back on and talk about <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. That's my. That, that's the only way I can defend my shoddy journalism <laughs> skills. No, no, so you, you really have to dig that one out because it's, uh, you know, Nouvelle's such a cool um, idea and um, Ilan, who uh, who runs it, is is a is a really cool guy, um, and you know it works. Like you know, I think as a business model, there are lots of people who just love the idea of that the sort of uh, kind of the the collector's uh, notion. You know, if you in, in case your listeners don't know about Nouvelle, it's a it's a label that requires you to sub subscribe, and it, you know it's it's uh, it's an investment, but it's not like extortionate. It's not it's not an insane amount of money, but you you have to you know spend some money. And then you get um, you get a, a a new LP every two months. I think you subscribe for a year, and if you subscribe at the end of the year, they just send you the whole thing in a box set. Um, and they they have a kind of unified artwork between the different records, and although they're completely different ensembles, um, uh, yes. But it it will be two years after its release date, which I think was maybe in September last year. I don't remember actually, but. Um, it will be available. Um, it'll be sort of re-released. Uh, uh, it'll be available on, on, on digital and stuff. So that was a really fun project. So Lago Lund, the guitarist, and Orlando, the funding the bassist, we have a, a group called the Altria. We've done a few things before, but this this one was done with a. Uh, it's it's mostly trio, but there are some some songs with Kurt Ellie, and that was a really really fun collaboration. Kurt is another person who I um, know as a friend. And, and then, you know, started playing music with later. He actually married, uh, he was the, the minister at my wife and my wedding. Um, uh, but I hadn't really made a lot of music with him. So that was really fun to, to have that connection. And he, did, he didn't sing the, sing the service or the sermon, did he? Well, everything kind of sounds like a sermon when he's, when he's doing it, you know, so, so he might have, he might have snuck it in. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, he would be brilliant at doing that. Well, if he ever falls on hard times, you could suggest to him, Kurt, way to make another couple bob. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll write your recommendation. Um, yeah, okay, no, well, you definitely have to come back. Maybe maybe we can get Lage and... Um, Orlando Le Fleming? Yeah, maybe we could get a, a three-way interview. Um, oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Well, Kurt can pop on, but I'm worried that Kurt might actually conduct the interview because I think his yeah. presence That's and horrible. yeah, his voice is is much more suited to it than mine. Will, and I just wanted to ask you, you've done some playing recently, which a lot of jazz musicians cannot say the same yeah. of. Uh, in Australia, can you, how's that been? Has it been lovely? Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great. I've been very grateful to, to be able to um, perform and I'm, you know, I mean, it's obviously Australia is a, um, uh, it's a, a, well, it's a massive country, but it's also a very small country. And so, so there aren't, you know, maybe as many opportunities as there are in, in other places, but, um, but I, I was really um, lucky to, to be and grateful to be invited by the Sydney Conservatory big band to make a a record with them of, of my music and they commissioned arrangers of my choice to 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 arrange the music for big bands so we had we've got one from Miho Hazama 
one from Tim Garland, one from Alan Ferber, one from Guillermo Klein, and one from Florian Ross, and one from me. And we, uh, we recorded the, the music in December, and then we uh, performed it in May, not long before Sydney went into lockdown. So that was, that was lucky, fortunate timing. And uh, uh, so I don't know when the record is going to come out, but they've released some of the videos from the concert on, on YouTube. Um, and I can send you some mix of those. It's, it's a great band. Like there's some really, really talented uh, young people in, involved in this band. And for me to hear uh, to hear my music like under the pen of of those arrangers was such a joy. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for that. And I hope to be able to, uh, you know, use use some of that music in, in 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 collaborations with big bands around the world in the future. Yeah, that's a lovely lens through which to hear one's music. Yeah, an extra layer of creativity. Yeah, um, yeah somebody else's stuff in there. You know, I mean, if, you know, first of all, the 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 just the texture and the, the the sound of a big band is great. But when you didn't write the the music and someone else that is much better at doing that uh, did, then it's it, you know, it's an extra special treat. Yeah. That's lovely. Oh, well, I look forward to hearing that recording. I'll go seek out those those videos on the YouTube. And a last sort of a parting question. You just became a father for the second time. Uh, we won't divulge here the names of your children, Pepsi Bar and Plinky Plunky Vincent. I wondered, yeah, if fatherhood has had an effect on your relationship with music uh, in any way, shape or form. Yeah, well, you've, yeah, undoubtedly it has. I mean, the thing is though, it's hard in this part in this past year to unpick what has affected what and in what ways, you know, because we've had this just, it's just, we've had the portcullis come down on our careers, um, which actually is sort of what happens when you have a kid anyway. So the, the timing of the pandemic and, and baby number two was, was you know, it, it could have been worse. Um, but actually, it's been amazing because, you know, as a result of not being able to travel and not being able to do all that stuff, I've just spent all this time with my kids, which is something that, um, I mean, it's something that I was planning on doing anyway, but it would have been interrupted more. And so just to be able to do that was was uh, was amazing. And then as far as the, the impact on my music, that's something that I think will probably emerge, will become apparent later on, you know, um, because you know, you sort of take a break from doing something a certain way. Um, and then when you come back, often it's, it's different. And often it's better, in my experience, you know, actually stepping back, um, you know, instead of constantly trying to overload yourself with stimulus and, and, um, and practice and all that stuff, sometimes just doing something else that's important to you uh, prepares you for for the for the next chapter, whatever that's going to be. But it, it's yeah, I'm not sure what's going to be yet. Whatever it is, we will we we I speak on behalf of the listeners. Uh, look forward to that chapter and uh, to all the music that springs forth from it. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Will, and we'll have you back soon. Great, can't wait. Thanks. Thank you.
Big thanks to this week's guest, Will Vinson. As usual, I will make a note in the show notes for this episode as to all the tracks that were played throughout our conversation, and I'll also post any links that were mentioned and tell you where you can go and buy Will's fantastic albums. A huge thank you to the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music of this show. You're welcome to follow The Jazz Session on Twitter at Jazz Sesh and on Facebook and Instagram at The Jazz Session. There is also a YouTube page to which you can subscribe if you want to watch video excerpts of my conversations with The Jazz Session's guests. A huge thank you to the patrons over at thejazzsession.com slash join. Head there today if you want to become a Patreon member. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in and to any support that you may shower upon this show, whether it's telling a friend, family or four-legged pal about how much you enjoy these conversations. My name is Nikki Schrera and I will see you next week for another conversation with an astounding jazz musician about their music and their process here on The Jazz Session.